Praise God. We appreciate every one of you as you continue to support the ministries of Beginnings Church. Through your giving, as you can see, our building just continues to improve and improve week after week. A lot of ministry is done not just in Makati, but in Sukkot, in Malibay, in Bicol, in Visayas, in Mindanao. And our desire is that our ministry will just continue to expand further to our nation and to the nations of, of the world. Praise God. Ayan. Sige po. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Ayan. Thank you po. Thank you. Tell someone near you, God has a word for us today. I do believe that. I pray that every week when you come, you come with an expectation. You come with a heart that is ready to hear from God because God does not waste time, you know. And so our time here together is a time that is valuable. The past month, we have looked at divine encounters of the patriarchs. This is a theme that we've been doing since the beginning of the year, if you recall, from the gospel according to John. And now we move to the judges and kings. So for us to better appreciate what is going on in the book of Judges, allow me to go, to go a little bit uh, sort of like a history lesson from uh, the beginning of Genesis, right? So God called Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then finally see Joseph. That was the theme from last month. And so Joseph was used by God to save not just the nation of Israel, which is the, the, the tribes of uh, Israel, but also Egypt, because they were all dwelling in Egypt. And by doing so, he even saved the, the rest of the ancient world. Joseph found favor with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. But after Joseph died, and after Pharaoh died, a new Pharaoh came to power in Egypt who did not recognize the contributions of Joseph. And so immediately, we find the, the nation of Israel under oppression as slaves in Egypt. For the next 400 years. So if on average a lifespan maybe would be like 60 to 80 years old, we're maybe talking of like six or seven generations of Israelites that were under oppression. So they cried out to God. God sends Moses. Moses delivers them. So we remember the movies, right? The Ten Commandments, you know, the Ten Plagues. And then uh, Moses crosses the Red Sea with the Israelites. And then finally, they're at the border, but because of the promised land, border of the promised land, but because of their unbelief and disobedience, they said, I don't think we can cross over. You know, Joshua and Caleb were saying, but God promised us this land. But the other 10 leaders said, nah, you know, there's giants in the land. We should not cross over. We should maybe go back to Egypt. You know? And so God says, okay, you don't want to go in. That's what's going to happen. You're going to go around and around and around for the next 40 years in the desert until everyone who exited Egypt will die and it will be your children that will enter the promised land. So that's exactly what happened. So you read that from uh, the rest of Exodus, then Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Finally, a new generation again at the border. This time, under the leadership of Joshua, they were able to cross over. You have the walls of Jericho falling down. And then Joshua begins to conquer piece by piece the different portions of the promised land. Now we go to the book of Judges where Joshua is now very old, almost about to die. And they still have a few more pieces of land to conquer. But now a new generation of leaders 
are supposed to now take charge of Israel. So Judges chapter 2, after Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Verse 8, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. Wow! By the way, Moses lived to 120. In those days, if you're 80 years old, you're a teenager. You're not yet a senior citizen. Okay? When you're 70, 80 years old, teenager pa. So if you, if you know around you, there are, you know, of those age, teenager pa po pa na kayo, tito ah. Tita, you know. So, and they, so they buried Joshua at the age of 110. They buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath Heres in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaash. Verse 10. After that whole generation, meaning the generation of Joshua, after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what He had done for Israel. Just one generation. Just one generation away from the generation of Joshua. Already, this new generation did not follow the Lord. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They served the Baals, verse 12. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook Him and served Baal and the Ashtoreths, the false gods of, of those nations. Verse 14, In His anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hands of raiders who plundered them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. Verse 15, Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them. Wow, think about this. Prior to this, in the book of Joshua, Wherever the Israelites went, God said, every, every piece of land you put your foot on, I will give to you. My hand will be with you to defeat your enemies. Now, the hand of God is against them. You know, when you follow the Lord, His hand will be with you to be successful. But when you do not follow the Lord, His hand is now against you. So they were in great distress. So the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Wow. So, let us pray. Introduction pa lang po yun. So, <laughs> Lord God, we lift up to you our time together. May our hearts and minds be ready to receive the word of the Lord for today. And may this word penetrate our hearts, transform us, and give us, Lord, the strength and the courage to face, Lord, every challenge that we may face in our lives today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So, first question, who were the judges? The Hebrew word shopetim. They are not dispensers of justice wearing a robe and wielding a hammer inside the courtroom. So, kasi when we think judges, oh, judges, you know, black robe, chief justice, supreme court, etc. And then bangs the gavel and says, you know, uh, order in the court, order in the court. So, I heard a story like that. Order in the court. And a lawyer stood up, cheeseburger and fries. You know, so... <laughs> Maling order yata yun, you know. So, these judges are not that kind of judge. They are deliverers. Men and women whom God called and used to deliver Israel from foreign oppression. So, these judges were not sitting on a bench in a room. They are warriors, fighters, and leaders. 
the list of judges, you have Othniel, Ehud, Deborah, Barak, Gideon. So I have the three names are in red because they are the most significant one. Deborah, because she's a woman. And so those who say God can never use a woman to lead uh, does not know what they're talking about. Okay? God calls women to lead. Then Gideon, because we will look at the Gideon's story next week. And then Samson, because, well, uh, Samson's story is very interesting. Okay? So I, I will leave that up to you to read the story of Samson. But look at this diagram here. This is what goes on in the cycle of sin in the book of Judges. There's peace in the land. Israel serves the Lord. And then Israel does evil in the eyes of the Lord. So God punishes them. So they become slaves to a foreign nation. Then they cry out to the Lord. Then God raises up a judge. Israel is delivered and they have peace. Thank you, Lord. But what happens afterwards? When that judge dies, they go back to the same cycle. They commit sin again. Then they are punished. Then they cry out to the Lord. Then God raises a judge. Then they're delivered. Then there's peace. Thank you, Lord. After the judge died, on and on and on. For almost 300-something years, this is the story of Israel in the book of Judges. And the reason is given in Judges 17, verse 6, and 21, verse 5. In those days, Israel had no king, no leader. Everyone did as they saw fit. When there is no leader, everyone does what they want to do. And people go in different directions, usually the wrong one. And so today, I want to share with you a message that I call the importance of leadership. Tell someone near you, leadership is important. And later on, we will show practical application in different segments of how leadership is important. There's three roles of a leader that I want to focus on today. One is vision. Leaders cast a vision that serves as a roadmap for the future. Leaders cast a vision that serves as a roadmap for the future. Proverbs 29.18, without vision, the people perish. Another translation, without vision, the people cast off restraint. So we live in the south of Metro Manila, so we take the Skyway to come to Makati. And if you notice, if you've ever taken the Skyway, there are guardrails on the side, right? Those metal, you know, aside from the cement, there's metal bars on the side. For what reason? So that no vehicle will fall over, right? So many, many years ago, probably 10-something years ago, like most of us probably in the morning when we step out to go about our day, we will pray something like this, Lord, Please protect me to arrive safely to my destination. That I will not have an accident from the front, from the back, and from the side. No one probably thought to pray and from up there. Because that's what happened that day. A bus flew over the skyway, landed on a jeep, and killed a few people. Who would have thought to pray, Lord, protect us from the danger from above? Wala namang ganun. Usually, the accident comes from front, back, inside, not from the top, right? <laughs> uh, thank you, Lord. Pastor Jeff, what that is all about. So, do you remember also in uh, BGC, I cannot remember what year, you know, uh, and we have friends who live in that condo uh, apartment in BGC that there was like an explosion and an entire wall flew off like early in the morning and it landed on a delivery truck that was just going to deliver things inside, you know, that condominium. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the driver or one of the people in that truck, who would have thought to pray for protection that will come from 
above. But that's what happens when there's no guardrails in life. You fall off the cliff. You get into an accident. Vision is a clear mental picture of a preferable future imparted by God to his chosen servants. That's George Barna, a Christian leader. So he says that vision is a preferable future. No one ever envisions a worse future, right? If, you're, if you have a job right now, you're saying, Lord, I hope my job next time will pay me less. Is there anyone that wishes that? Okay. If you have a business that's doing well right now, you don't say, God, my vision is that my next business will fail. No one ever says that. No one ever comes together on an altar for, we for a wedding and says, Man, my vision is this will not last. <laughs> Hello? Ano yung for better or worse, for richer or poor? No, my vision is this walang forever. So, ano yun? No one ever makes a vision of something worse. You always have something better. And by the way, because it comes from God, it is better. Amen? Tell someone, you know, God's vision for you is better. It's better. It's not worse than where you are now. It is better. God imparts it to His chosen servant. So regardless of the context of your life, you can actually pray, Lord, give me a vision for my life, for my family, for my job or career, for our ministry, for our church, etc. So that's the first important is vision. Then accountability. Leaders hold people accountable to God's standards. See, vision is meaningless if you will not hold yourself and others accountable to accomplish it. If all a vision is, is just words, and you don't hold people accountable to accomplish it, then it's not going to happen. Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 25 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. That's why leaders are important. Connect this verse to the one in Judges that says, there was no king, everyone did as they saw fit. The problem is what they saw fit was wrong. What they thought it was right, but in the end, it leads to death. Leaders need not only to cast vision, but to hold people accountable to accomplish it. That's what you see throughout the scriptures and throughout history of people who were successful. Accountability is the means by which individuals and groups are checked on and held responsible for their beliefs and behavior. So, going back again to judges, no one was checking anything. Everyone just did whatever they want. No one was saying, oops, that's not right. Oops, that's not helpful. In fact, what you're doing is disruptive or destructive. No one was doing any checking. No one was held responsible. They just did whatever they want to do. Their own beliefs and behaviors were counterproductive to their life, to their nation. And it was like, eh, you know, just, just let it go. And that's what happens when you don't hold people accountable. But vision and accountability only works when this third one is present. Modeling. So I'm not talking about walking the catwalk. <laughs> Leaders set an example for others to follow. Look at these verses in the book of Judges. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forsook God's ways. They did not follow God's decrees. When those that are leading are not following God, where are they leading the people to? If they themselves are headed in the wrong direction, everyone following them will what? 
will head in the wrong direction. Jesus said, it's like the blind, leading the blind, both will fall into a ditch. I remember doing a Bible study early on in my ministry, maybe I was 25 years old, to a household of four generations. So you have the lolo and the lola, their children, their children's children, and their children's children's children. Four generations. It's like 80-something-year-old, si lolo and lola, and two-year-old. Yung mga uh, apo sa, anong tawag doon? Apo sa tuhod yun. And I remember the lolo uh, addressing me one, one uh, Bible study and said, Pastor Albert, please tell me that uh, this is correct because this is what I tell my, my children and my apos. Ano po yung lolo? Sabi niya ganito, I tell all of my children and mga apos, gawin niyo yung sinasabi ko pero wag niyong gawin yung ginagawa ko. Do what I tell you but don't do what I do. Sabi niya. So sabi ko, uh, Lolo, mawalang galang, pakiulit nga, baka naman na-miss ko. Eh. You know? uh, I, I wanted to make sure I, under, I heard it correctly. So inulit niya. I tell my children and grandchildren, gawin ninyo yung sinasabi ko, wag niyong gawin yung ginagawa ko. Do what I tell you but don't do what I do. Sabi ko, Lolo, mawalang galang, mali po yun. Because your children and grandchildren will do what you're doing, not what you're saying. Because the power of your example is more powerful than your instruction. In fact, remember there was a Nestle commercial before? I don't know if you remember this. Sabing ganun, uh, ang gawaing masama, nagmumukhang tama sa mata ng bata, pag ginagawa ng matatanda. Yun. Things that are wrong will look right to the eyes of a child if they see, hey, the adults are doing it. It must be correct. So that was the problem in the nation of Israel at the time. So modeling is the act of setting an example to those who follow you, hopefully to imitate good behavior and avoid bad behavior, not the opposite. <laughs> not to follow the bad behavior and, and, and then to avoid the good behavior, rather to imitate the good and avoid the bad. The Apostle Peter writes, To this you were called because Jesus suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His footsteps. So we have to follow the footsteps of the Lord. And as we follow Him, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, there is an unwritten instruction there, which is, if I don't follow Christ, then don't follow me. Would you agree? If he says, follow me as I follow Christ, the unwritten Principle is, if I'm not following Jesus, don't follow me. Don't be a blind follower. Follow only as you see the leader also doing the right things. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so it's very important to me. Really, Pastor Albert, that's, yes. Even the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, he warns the people and he says to them, there are others who are preaching to you a false gospel. They are under a curse from God. And then he says this, But even if we, Paul, and Timothy, and Titus, we, if we start telling you a different gospel, we are also under a curse. So we're not exempted from that as if somehow God will shield us from our own wrongdoing. No. Paul is saying, if we, the leaders, are doing wrong, we also will be judged by God. See, no one gets a free pass with God. That's why Paul would say later on also to the Galatians, you 
God cannot be mocked. You reap what you sow. If you keep sowing or planting good things, you will reap good things. But if you keep sowing and planting bad things, that's what you will also reap. And your position in life will not save you from anything from God. Amen? And history is filled with people, whether they are leaders in nations or leaders in churches, who started going against God and suffered the consequences of their actions. Tell someone near you, hindi ka exempted. Kasali ka dun. Kasali din ako dun. All of us. None of us are exempted from that. All of us are under the same standard. So, the importance of leadership. Vision. Leaders cast a vision that serves as a roadmap for the future. Accountability. Leaders hold people accountable to God's standards. And then modeling. Leaders set an example for others to follow. Now, let's see how this applies in different areas of life. In the nation, the president, or in other countries, their prime minister and his cabinet are the leader. What is expected of them? They must cast a clear vision so that the nation will follow in one direction. But they also must hold the people that are in positions of power accountable so that the people will say, yep, I think that's worthy to follow because they are setting a good example. Isn't it true that one of the most frustrating things in life is if you see people in positions of power that are supposed to follow the law and they're the ones who violate it? Isn't that very frustrating? Don't be honest. Oh my gosh. I'm trying my best to follow the, whether it's the rules of the road or your traffic violation and all of that. And then all of a sudden, someone with a position of power, you just see them, whoosh. Kanina pa ako dito ah. Tatlong oras nang hindi magalawa. Well, all of a sudden, si Pastor Louie, ayun. Ang galing yung Pastor Louie, parang walang ano ah, parang nag-part yung Red Sea ah. Parang, ooh, ganun. Hindi, you know, I'm just using that as an example. It's very frustrating when you're trying your best to live according to how it's supposed to be done and yet others, because they are in positions of power, violate it. So, that is something that we have to constantly pray for for our nation. Second, in the workplace, the board, the CEO, the managers, all of the people that are on the top are the leaders. The same way, for the employees to be motivated, to give their very best, they must see that those above them are, have a clear vision of where this company is going. They hold people accountable and it's not because it's the son of the owner, he gets a free pass. You know? No, and they set a good example. And then you're motivated to go to work. Say, yeah, you know, this is a good place to work in. Because everyone here knows what they're supposed to do. In schools, and schools are about to open in a, in a week or so, the administration and faculty are the leaders. They must cast a vision, hold people accountable, set a good example. So one of the frustrating things for students to see is if the teachers themselves violate the very rules that they are teaching the, the students. I say, oh, si ma'am nga eh, or si sir, hindi nga sinusunod yun eh. What else? In church, the pastors, that's ourselves here, and other spiritually mature believers are the leaders. They must cast a vision, hold people accountable, set a good example. Now, are there perfect leaders in the world? The answer is no. Whether it's in church or in government or in the workplace or in schools, people hopefully are trying their best, giving it their best, but still would fall short. 
we have to extend grace even as we hold people accountable. We have to extend grace. But here is something that is very important. Where does it all start? It starts in the home. Would you agree? It is in the home that everything is set from beginning, from the childhood. The parents are the leaders. If the parents abdicate this role, others will take on that role for you. And if you don't parent your children, others will parent them for you. And the problem is, they may not have the same beliefs and the same values that you're trying to instill to your children. So we have to be present, parents. We have to cast a vision to our family of where this family is headed, that we are headed in the direction of God, that God is the one who is in, in charge of our lives, that our household belongs to Him. As Joshua would say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So as a family, that's what we will do. We hold each other accountable, husband to wife, parent to children. You know, we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, according to Ephesians chapter 5. And very important for parents, we set a good example. Whatever we teach our children, we should be the first, correct? We should be the first. And so this coming August 28th, let me promote this again. It was already mentioned a while ago. I'd like to urge the parents that are here, whether your children are grown up already adult or very young, or you're newlywed, you don't have children yet, it's the best time to prepare to be a parent is when you're not yet a parent. <laughs> the best time to be prepare for uh, your married life is when you're not yet married. Okay? Prepare for it already. So the same thing about parenting. Barbara and I will share some principles and lessons we've learned from a seminar we attended before uh, in a book that we bought and as well as in our own personal journey how that a child's life span and there are different phases from, from infancy all the way to young adulthood. And the way you parent your children is different in every phase of life. Would you agree that you cannot parent an 18-year-old the same way as a 2-year-old? Would you agree? No. And if you try, you know you, it won't work. One of my per, per, mentors early on said this, when your child is already the same height as you, pantay na kayo. When they were younger, huy, makinig ka. Ngayon, huy, makinig ka. And then after a while, huy. <laughs> because they're now taller than you, right? How many of you, your children are taller than you? Okay? Ikaw na yung tumitingala. Huy, makinig ka. <laughs> so one of my mentors said, when they are already of equal height, you've already lost much of that authority. So therefore, the Bible is very clear. Train up a, an adult, a child. Because while they are young and moldable like clay, you can still teach them. After a while, they're already rock solid. No? Hirap, no? Tigas ng ulo. So, please join us on August 28. So the importance of leadership Pastor Albert, is, that, is it easy to be a leader? The answer is no. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? It's hard to be a leader. Whether it's a leader in the home, how many of you know it's hard to parent children? Yes, yes. And the others who did not raise your hands, uh, 
I'll talk to you later because uh, lying is also not good. Sisiw, <laughs> Pastor Albert, to parent children. Ang dali-dali kaya. Oh, baka naman kaya madali because you're not there. <laughs> you know, because if you're there, and especially in the last two years, you've been locked in together for two years. So, some parents would tell me over the past two years, at least before, we would have like 10 hours of not seeing each other's face. Now, 24 hours, we look at each other's face. And we don't necessarily like it always. <laughs> you know? And so, it's, it's hard to be a leader, whether it's in the home or in the workplace or in church or anywhere else. But it's not impossible. Because God himself will empower you. Ephesians chapter 3, for this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father. And I urge you to do the same. Just kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives His name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Verse 18, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's important to have leaders. It's not easy to be a leader, but it's not impossible. God Himself is invested in your success. Parents, God wants you to be a successful parent for your children. To raise up children who will be strong in the Lord and able to handle any challenge or obstacle in life. God wants you to be successful in the workplace. Because if you follow His decrees and His principles, what does the book of Joshua say? You will be prosperous and successful. He wants you to be successful as leaders in the church so that you can offer your talents and gifts and resources to God. God can use you to evangelize the world, to disciple people. God wants, is invested in you to be successful in your life. One of our favorite verses is in the Psalms and it says this, The Lord be exalted who delights in the well-being of His servants. Wow. Do you know that we, we sang a while ago, we delight in you, right? Do you know God delights in your well-being? When you are doing well, God your Father in heaven saying, that's my boy. That's my girl. Anakuya. Read the book of Job. How God just, wow. Look at Job. Servant. God delights when you do well. Which means, whatever role in life you may have, God is invested in your success. He wants you to be successful. So He wants to fill you with His Spirit. He wants His Son, Jesus Christ, to be fully formed in you. And He wants to just empower you in your inner being. So that whatever comes against you on the outside, from the inside, you know you can handle it. Amen? Sabihan mo yung katabi mo, kaya mo yan. Kaya mo yan. Kaya mo yan. One of my most favorite names of God, descriptive names of God in the Old Testament, Jehovah Shama, the Lord who is always with you. Kashama mo si Lord. Amen? Sabihan mo yung katabi mo, kasyama mo si Lord. Hindi kayo iiwan nun, ha? 
Hindi kayo iwan yan. Kasyama mo si Lord, hindi kayo iwan. Jehovah Shama, kasyama mo si Lord. Amen. Can we all stand as the worship team comes? Hallelujah. Praise God Almighty. Lord, we delight in you. We desire you above all. Because we know, we know, Lord, that on our own, we cannot do this. Leading our families, it's hard, especially in this generation, in this era, in the era of social media where our own children get so much information from outside sources that sometimes we're not sure, are those sources good for them? I'm not talking of their factual. I'm saying, is it good for them to be shaped by some of the things that they may get from outside? And that is why as parents, we have to invest in our children. Not just money, but our time and our energy, our love, and our faith. Imagine again, my friends, it took just one generation. From the generation of Joshua to the next generation, it took only one generation for the entire nation of Israel to forget God. That's all it took. Did not even take three or four generations. Took one. The very next generation after Joshua's generation, they all forsook the Lord. They all did evil in the eyes of God. They all forgot God's ways. Lord, I pray we will not do that. We will, Lord, make sure as parents we will lead our families. In the workplace, we will be leaders, Lord, that people can say, yan ang, yan ang Christian worker. Tingnan mo ang sipag. Tingnan mo honest. Tingnan mo maagang pumapasok. Tingnan mo hindi niya iniiwang nakabitin yung trabaho. Let, let us be a good testimony in the workplace. In the community, the same thing. In the schools, our children, and those of us who lead schools, if we are teachers, faculty, admin, and then of course in our nation, if God ever allows you to have a position of power, please understand, that is an accountability to God. And we will hold our nation's leaders accountable. Not just to our own standards, but to God's standards of righteousness, of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So let's sing this song and then afterwards I will give an invitation for us today. Thank you, Lord. My delight is in you, Lord. On your word I set my heart. You are peace, you are calm for my restless soul. You light my way through the dark. I want to know you.
This is an environment where God is moving. What is in your heart that you're praying for? For your family? For your job or career? For our church? For our nation? Now is the time to ask. Now is the time to lift that up to God. Lord, hear our prayers, Lord. Hear our prayers for our families. Hear our prayers for our career, our job, our business. Hear our prayers for our ministries and for our church. Hear our prayers for our nation and for the nations of the world. Hallelujah. God Almighty, would you fill us with your spirit? Because life can be draining. We try our best. We try our best in the home. We try our best at work. We try our best in our ministries. But sometimes we still fall short. Sometimes we still get hurt. We get frustrated. We get disappointed. And our energy is drained from us. Our passion is drained from us. Our love and patience for people, even in our own families, sometimes is drained from us. Lord, fill us again. That's what you said in your word. God wants to strengthen you in your inner man through His Holy Spirit. God wants that His Son Jesus will dwell in your hearts through faith. That is a daily experience with Christ. And that you will be filled to the fullness of God. That's what God desires. He desires good things for you more than you can ever imagine. He desires good things for you. He desires that you be successful in every endeavor of life. As He puts you in positions of leadership, not just in the home, but in your jobs or careers, in your business, here in the church, or in society, God is invested in your success. He wants you to do well. And our Father in Heaven delights in you to do well. You know, we sing to God, but there is a verse in, in Zephaniah. It says that the Lord rejoices over you with singing. Wow. Do you know God is also singing over you? He's singing over you. He's in heaven. He is singing to you a song that will lift up your spirit. So that if you ever feel drained or down, God is lifting you. So let's lift up our hands to God. Lord, again, we delight in you. Refiner's fire purge us, purify us so that our hearts and minds will be fully devoted towards you. Lord God, we pray and those that are online as well, we pray that we will be strengthened by your Holy Spirit in our inner being so that Christ will dwell in our hearts through faith. And then we pray, Lord God, that you will fill us to the full measure of the fullness of God. So that whether we are leading our homes or leading in the workplace or leading here in the church or leading in society, Lord, that we will always, always be leading out of the overflow of God in our lives. And in the end, Lord, not to us, not to us, but to your name alone be the glory and praise in Jesus' name.
Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it a good day to give thanks to God? Wow. Those of you online, we'd love to see you here next Sunday. Can we appreciate our worship team for leading us today? Our production team at the back who worked so hard to make everything work. In spite of that uh, gunshot, Pastor Jeff, well, we love you. <laughs> God bless you. Have a great week ahead. Amen and amen. <laughs>